0: Did you know you can get all of our podcasts on our free podcast app? Head over to rawattractionpodcast.com to download the app now. For the world's most ecstatic love and sex podcasts, bonus videos, and exclusive articles, head to rawattractionpodcast.com to get the free app now.
1: Hi, everyone, and welcome to another Raw Attraction Magazine podcast. Today on the line, we've got Sasha Koba speaking to us from Bali. Hi, Sasha, how are you doing?
2: Hey, Steve.
1: Thank you for having me. So, Sasha is someone I've wanted to get on for quite a while now. I know she's been traveling around the world doing her weekend two, three-day workshops, which she can tell us more about in a moment. And Someone that's very well respected in the world of teaching about full-body orgasms and aspects of Tantra and uh, conscious lifestyle and living and you know all this awareness around sexuality I believe she was trained under which she'll confirm in a moment Chantam Nityama who was a podcast guest just a few weeks ago which you can go back and listen to his podcast should you be interested after this one so yeah I'll open the floor for you Sasha just to tell us and the audience who Don't know about you, to tell us a bit about your journey, perhaps a bit about Nityama as well, uh, and and what you're doing today.
2: Well, honestly, the the journey is a long one, Mm -hmm. and to go all the way back and to explain it, I don't know how much it's going to serve people.
1: I think maybe just mentioning how and why you chose the path that you did.
2: Yes, the path is chosen for you. You don't actually choose your path. Good point. So... Coming into existence, like most people, we have a certain inclination or a desire toward anything. Whether we have a strong desire to play the piano, whether we have a strong desire to be a teacher or a doctor or a basketball player, whatever it may be. So I would say that coming into this existence, I've always had a lot of interest around love. And probably saying a lot of interest is an understatement. But let's say... um, an ongoing obsession and understanding and attempting to do my best to understand what relating is about in intimate relatings, what love is about in whether it's family, friendship, and just inviting love. What does it mean to really love? And sex, of course, is an extension of that, at least to me. It's an extension of our love. So, spiritual aspects and all things in life, all of that were interests. You know, you could call it a hobby as it is for many people. And how we choose a path, the path is chosen for you in the sense that when you have whatever path you're, you're passionate about and you keep moving in your life, giving a lot of energy to these passions, life will create situations to give you the resources and the people that you need to have in your life for you to keep expanding on your understanding of whatever it is that you're dedicating yourself to. So at one point in my life, um, I mean, I had come across many different people that have been influenced to me, but one of those was Shantam Nityama, which is a man that you had mentioned. And prior to meeting him also, I had a very acute interest in energy work and understanding how to play with energy and already doing that within my own body. So coming across Nityama, he showed me how to take all of these interests that I had had and make it be a service for people. So he had been doing this work for decades. And when me and him came in contact, I was exposed to the work on the receiving side, meaning just seeing the work as everybody else that comes across Nityama and the work that he's doing. And then eventually spending more time with him and it just developed organically where people started to come and actually had interest in having sessions with me. So after some time of doing that, I thought, well, I guess I need to make a website for it. And it just kept developing and people started to invite me to different places for talks and speaking conferences and workshops. And it really was such an organic, um, just an organic process to where I am today now.
1: Nice. And on that note of the path choosing you, uh, were there certain indicators? I mean, for me, because people listening may or may not be living the life that they think they should be living. And for me, it was watching my parents kind of destroy each other for 10 years at least which kind of triggered me wanting to understand more about what is going on with love on this planet what is going on more with um the relationships between the masculine and feminine on this planet what is going on as a culture and individually in our relationship to sexuality these were huge questions for me growing up out of my childhood and i wonder if you sort of had similar uh experiences that kind of were indicators in signposts to go this or it was just simply a heart-based pull that you just followed your heart all this all this way
2: well i guess people's paths have different turns to how they get there there's many different ways to 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 getting to Sharing this kind of work and I noticed that for a lot of people It's a path like you described where they get to see the shadow side of something and they want to find the light For me. I remember when I had come across Nityama, I was thinking like So you work with people about sex and their sexual dysfunctions and I and I remember thinking like Where do you get your clients, you know and actually thinking that? Who on this planet like how many people do you actually come across that that don't know how to have sex to me just seemed like such a natural thing and at one point I was living with him and just seeing how many people were flying in from all different parts of the world with all these issues they were having around sex so for me the path chose me in the sense that all of it was so effortless for me and it seemed so natural So in in you asking, like, how do you know when you're on path is one of those would be what is effortless for you, what is natural for you, and what are people coming to you for consistently and finding value in in what you're sharing for their lives. And that's kind of how it happened for me that whenever I would have conversations with people, it gave them so much value. And for me, it was just a conversation. And then I realized people want to pay me for these conversations. So the work and it being created into a business really was developed in that way. It was because I can't shut up about these topics. Whether somebody's paying me or not, I'm still talking about it. So life is very generous in how it provides abundance for us and what we are, you know, quote, gifted in. Or what we came here to be and do. Mm-hmm. So I would say that for people that are looking at, you know, am I on the right track? Is this my life purpose? First of all, I don't even know what my life purpose is. Because my life purpose is to do whatever is in alignment for me at any given moment. And right now, what I'm doing now is totally in alignment. But I'm all the time changing and evolving. And that could be something totally different 10 years from now, 20 years from now, or next week. I have no idea. But the most important thing is, are you doing whatever it is that you're doing in your life with your heart in it? That's that's how I know when I'm on track. If my heart's in something, if I love what I do, and if it brings joy to me and joy to the people around me, I know that I'm on track. Whatever that may be. And it really doesn't even matter what it is because I feel that in our society we we especially now with social media, we put so much pressure on ourselves about what it means to be successful. But really Being successful just means that you are happy with your life. You're happy with yourself. You love and you are loved. That's it. And that can look in so many different ways in how you share that love and how you be loved and how others get to receive that love from you. Now, it could be, you know, in a business of doing healing work energy work whatever that may be or it could just be that you're working some nine-to-five job if that is something that you enjoy and on your time off you're loving and being loved
1: Hmm. yeah and what you said there about like if it comes to you with ease and that kind of speaks to living in flow which one of my friends justin fairman who has a Um, a lot of speakings about how to live in flow Uh, and two of those aspects that he speaks about is this yes is it easy for you to do and also this always say yes to the highest vibration as in is your heart saying yes to this thing and if so then follow it and this kind of links my next question is like
2: before we want before we move on to that next question, I do want to touch on something, because I think it's really important for the generation that we're in and the younger generations, which is that things have to be easy. And I think that that's really misunderstood, because the place to where I got to today and what I'm doing, it's not that it's necessarily easy. I've worked really hard to get to where I am now, and I continue to work hard. And sometimes I work Way longer hours and put in way more energy than most people do when they're working nine to five jobs. And that's the truth of it. But is my heart in it? Because doing something for one hour when your heart's not in it, that's really hard. That's just difficult. It's exhausting. -hmm. But if you have to stay up for 24 hours working on something, creating music if that's your passion, creating movies if that's your passion, sharing whatever it is that you want to share, it's not that it's easy your path doesn't mean that it's not going to have friction it it's still going to be what it is but with your heart in it that that's when you it brings you joy
1: Mm -hmm. yeah I fully agree with all those statements and as well as if you want even more motivational statements um, and guidance on that especially if you're starting your own business I've fully recommend checking out the work of gary Vaynerchuk. he's someone i follow and he he speaks all the things that sasha's speaking about and he's running a 500 600 million dollar business and just is so passionate about young the younger generation growing up to work hard um do what they love and like don't complain just just do
2: yeah and i I know who you're speaking about gary Mm -hmm. you know i And and I've actually watched some of his YouTube videos, and I think it's beautiful how much heart he's got toward younger people, just telling them, you know, get off your ass, do something. And whenever I see his videos, I always think, man, would I love to do a session for that man. Yeah. Because there is a very need for balance in the hustle and in the doing and in the pushing. and. In the time that you need to actually sit back, relax, regenerate and nurture your, yourself. Nurture yourself through, through softness, through gentleness and not through forcing and pushing. Mm-hmm. So if you, ever, if you ever come across Gary, tell him.
1: I think we should try and do a joint podcast <laughs> with him. I'm serious. Like, I'll reach out to him because I know he's going to do another book uh, about perfectly, being perfectly parented so um he might want to promote that on new podcast so maybe we can get him on and speak about perfect orgasms (laughs) so uh yeah kind of leading on to this being in flow state and allowing yourself to follow your own path what do you think the correlations are with how we experience our own orgasm i know it might be a difficult question to answer because you might actually need kind of almost statistics to prove it to someone of like someone who is a lot allowing orgasm to flow through their body when they're in a sensual sexual state and someone who's you know living the life of their dreams or like living in happiness as as you say and it's happy with their life but do you think there's a correlation between how we let orgasmic energy flow through us and our lives
2: well first we need to define what Orgasmic energy is what orgasm is, and all of that in between, because orgasmicness, in the way that I define it, is not just limited to a sexual interaction. So, yeah, of course, you know, if we want to focus on that theme first, when you're in a sexual interaction, the question is, do you allow yourself to feel? If you allow yourself to feel, it also means that you allow for energy to move through you, whatever that may be. And that energy is going to be your sexual energy. It's your creative energy. It's your, it's, the energy that drives, say, your purpose, because it's, it's your being. It's the spirit of you. And that's the part that came here to have this incarnation, have the experiences that it's meant to have. But I want to clarify that because we're not just talking about orgasms as we know them where you're you know rubbing and ejaculating but the same way that children are orgasmic children have full-body orgasms children have a full-body orgasm when they're jumping in puddles in the rain children have full-body orgasms when they're chasing after a butterfly meaning They are allowing for their life force energy, this creative energy that they are made up of. And they're made up of sexual energy because it took sexual energy to create them. So, when we allow for this energy to move through us, that's really an orgasmic state. Now, if you think about if someone's on purpose or not and how that correlates, Well, if you're not allowing this life force and this creative energy to move through you, then you're really kind of on your own. You don't have you're not allowing for the godliness of you, the super divine intelligence, the higher intelligence of you to have full access to to you, to your body, to everything that is manifested in the physical realm called the you. And without that, it's going to create more of a struggle for you to move forward in life because there is a disconnect from the energy that you are in connection to all of existence. So we're one drop out of an ocean. I'm I'm sure you've heard that Mm -hmm. statement before, but you're really a drop in the ocean. So when we... make an attempt to disconnect from our life force energy by really deadening ourselves, creating blockages and having so much resistance to life. You disconnect from all of the ocean. And if you're unable to stay in connection with the the liquid drop of you, you're one and the same as the ocean itself. So now you have support of all of existence. Everything around you is interconnected and in interaction with you to support whatever you came here to be and do on the plane.
1: So, that link between orgasm and, and the flow state of like being linked to everything that you do, you're saying it does have a link?
2: Everything. But we're talking about, I'm going to say less about orgasm and more about your aliveness. Mm hmm orgasmic state your ability to experience orgasmic states are just a byproduct of your aliveness and The more alive that you are the more colorful your life is meaning the more abundance that you have The more juiciness that you have the more joy you have and the more effortless It is for you to stay on path not because it's easy But because it's effortless for you to stay in alignment with yourself being so connected to your spirit to this energy
1: yeah what i'm kind of hearing is that for people listening and even myself like you're saying there's kind of a spectrum of orgasm of these orgasmic states where you say a child can be in a state of orgasm dancing in the rain or jumping in puddles and then for me i mean i i can relate to that for sure but then On another scale, and as I'm sure you're there as well, um, on the advanced scale, like, I can have 15-minute... I have done 15-minute, but it could be an hour, to be honest, of, like, my third eye on my forehead just having a complete brain orgasm where every single neuron in my whole brain is, like, on fire and connected with the universe. And I certainly didn't have those as a three-year-old. So... Is this like a new way of thinking about orgasm where we can live in a state of orgasm, like uh, an alive child, and then we have, we can have all these quote-unquote orgasmic experiences on on the upper scale on the advanced scale of physical orgasm.
2: I mean, first of all, I, I'm not really sure what were, I, I'm not you and your experiences that you're sharing about of having this brain orgasm. So I don't know what you're referring to because I'm not the one having the experience, but we're also We end up being so deadened as adults So shut down as adults that some states that are very natural states for us to experience become these psychedelic amazing states versus something that is a natural way of being and I share that because when I started to experience more of these high frequency energetic states, and also the way that I see them being experienced by people that I come across, also on my YouTube channel, I don't know if you've seen videos that I post a, post a full body orgasm, yeah, I have yeah. full body TV. People externally. Show so much movement and so much, you know, shaking of the tension out that they have in their body just in allowing for this energy to flow for, through them. But as you stay longer in these states, your capacity to carry energy and to have this energy move through you keeps expanding. And when it keeps expanding, particular states that may feel very intensely orgasmic to some people. End up being a natural state for oneself. Mm, Do you understand what I'm saying? Because yeah. your, your capacity to even feel pleasure will expand. You know, it's, I mean, this is a, a no joke reality situation. And when I share this with people, which I'm about to share with you, most people have a very difficult time believing it. But there have been many times in my life where I have been giving oral sex to a man and in the process of him feeling intense pleasure where he's going, oh, oh, he will actually completely leave his body, stop breathing, completely knock out, completely knock out. And most of it is because we're so shut down in our everyday life. We're, we're so dead walking around that just cre- Creating so much energy in the body, generating so much energy in the body, feeling so much intense pleasure is overwhelming to the nervous system. You ever seen those viral videos of people on roller coasters? And when they're on the roller coaster, they go up and they start screaming for one moment and then they actually totally pass out. -hmm. They completely lose consciousness. You ever seen that? Yeah. The feeling is overwhelming, so their awareness just can't handle it, and it leaves. Now, I have been many times in situations where I'm giving oral sex, and the same thing will happen to the man. So the feeling is so overwhelming because most people are so unaccustomed to feeling so much intensity that they will totally lose consciousness, completely fall out. And then all of a sudden they come back, just like you see on the roller coaster. (gasps) And they don't even know what happened. The only difference is that on roller coasters, they tend to come back pretty fast. And I've had men fall out for minutes. I mean, minutes (laughs) where they're just gone. And when they come back, they, they have no recollection or no understanding that they were even gone. They realize they're coming back from someplace but they don't even realize that they were gone for minutes. Yeah. So as your capacity to feel increases, as your capacity to feel intensity increases, then what may look like a very intense orgasmic state to somebody where they're flailing all around and making all kinds of sounds and shaking, you'll just feel energy moving through your body. You could feel a lot of intensity without it appearing to be a big deal meaning it becomes a natural state versus a shock to the system.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've, I've certainly found by opening my orgasm um, throughout my body that I'm certainly releasing trauma that was probably built up because for most people when they're not aware, I think it was Dr. Peter Levine um, in Waking the Tiger who said it, that You know, we as humans trap so much trauma in our bodies and we don't have a conditioned response like an antelope would if it was being chased by a lion in the in the the plains of Africa. That antelope would shake if it was going to get away so it wouldn't hold the trauma. Whereas if we have, even if we probably drop an ice cream as a child, then our parents might shout at us if they're in a bad mood that might give us trauma and we never shook it off and then it grows and grows from there. You know, you can imagine all the different uh, sometimes horrific experiences that some humans go through. Um,
2: What he's referring to, and I'm, I'm most familiar with his work, which I, I think how he writes and describes the process is so on point. So I would most definitely recommend for people to check out the work and read his books. And what he speaks about is basically undischarged energy. That's what we see. So these orgasmic states allow for you to discharge the undischarged energy that was never released in moments that we experience, you know, quote trauma, whatever that may be. Like using an example that you said of you just drop an ice cream cone and someone shouts at you or whether it was real physical abuse, sexual abuse, whatever we have deemed in society as real violent trauma
1: is it a matter of receiving in our bodies the the open pathways opening up those pathways uh, are there practical things that someone can do at home i mean on our last podcast just to let you know we i had um, a surrogate partner therapist in, in philadelphia come on and she was very much talking about the breath being incredibly important and yeah essentially the breath and ma- making sounds uh is it the practical things you can offer anyone Yeah,
2: I mean, the breath definitely has a whole lot to do with a practical thing that you can do. But before we even touch on that, I want to share this, and that everything in nature is always looking to come into balance, everything. That also means that our bodies, no matter how out of balance they may be, are always looking to be in balance. So if an individual is carrying trauma, which is basically everybody that I have ever come across on the planet, just being in this existence, living in the societies that we live in, is a traumatic experience to whatever degree. So it's really important for us to understand that life is providing you with thousands of opportunities a day for you to come back into discharging this undischarged energy and having your body come back into balance. The thing is, is that... The way that it gifts us with these opportunities are usually not the way that we like to receive life's gifts. Meaning we get triggered all the time. We're triggered all the time. Somebody talks to us a certain way. We feel something. We get offended here. We get offended there. We're doomed with an epidemic of what we call self-importance. And all of those things, all they're really doing is creating intense feeling in us. That we need to discharge. Now, what happens is that whenever we feel uncomfortable on whatever level, whether sadness is triggered in us, anger is triggered in us, rage, shame, guilt, whatever it is, the moment that we get triggered, we either jump to defend it or we jump to run from it as fast as possible. So we actually fail on receiving the, the gifts of life, the opportunities to see, wow, okay, Anger's triggered in me. Now, this doesn't have to do with anything other than the fact that I've been gifted with the opportunity to release anger that I'm carrying all the time, that's just being triggered, because if a person's not carrying anger, they're not going to get angry at situations. They don't get triggered by situations. So the moment that anger is triggered, that's an opportunity now for you to allow the full feeling cycle of that anger to complete itself so that that energy can move all the way through you and transform into something else and that's what peter levine speaks about Mm -hmm. so the question is is how do we allow for the discharge of the energy and how do we support this process and it's exactly what one of your speakers had shared breath has a lot to do with it so we learn to hold our breath as a way of controlling how much we feel and how we feel. It's a way of shutting down and stopping this movement inside of us, energy moving inside of us, so that we feel less. So in the moments that we feel anger, instead of contracting our bodies, holding our breath, what we really need to do is excuse us to a place where we can be alone if there's an opportunity for that, whether it's a public restroom and a restaurant, if that's where you are, whether it's you even getting home after that dinner at a restaurant and you are alone in your house and that anger is still just right there on the surface and you give yourself the opportunity to lie down, to breathe into your body and allow for this anger to keep building and intensifying and getting so big until it actually releases. And what that may look like is that people really need to learn how to allow for things to come out and release stuff using their voice opening up their throats you know it's if you even look at the body the mouth is like a doorway it's an opening and we have been so conditioned and so well taught to close that door we've been taught to be quiet we've been taught to say things when we don't want to say them and we've been taught to not say things when we do want to say them So at the times when these feelings arise, it's very important for an individual to relax their throat and really allow for the sounds to come out. For most people, you know, and they have primal scream therapy and things like that for a reason. Most people have got some real loud sounds that need to come out of those bodies just for the body to open up and rebalance itself. So it's a process of First of all, refraining from running from uncomfortableness. And the second part is being courageous enough. And also, of course, understanding the process to allow yourself to express and feel whatever it is that you are feeling so that it can be discharged from the body.
1: Yeah, some really great points there for everyone listening to Big Compone. My next question is around... Uh, yeah well actually no it's not really a question it's what you are speaking to also speaks to the fact that we also have quite a lot of shame around expressing emotions and as well as with our sexuality we don't often allow our partners or even our children or friends i'm speaking particularly of men uh to allow themselves to express these emotions and it's important to note that we have to drop the shame as best we can around this expression of ourselves, even if we have to go in a room on our own and do it in front of no one else.
2: Exactly. And, and this is a really important note on, on this topic, because expressing your emotions is not something that you, from now on, have to go to your partner, or your friends, and start telling them about how you feel and all this kind of stuff. Being vulnerable and honest means that you need to be honest and vulnerable with yourself. It really doesn't even matter what you're doing in the world. The most important thing is that you can at least do it with yourself. So if you feel anger, it doesn't mean that you have to go to you know all the people close to you and start to express to them your anger and all the stuff, which actually is going to involve way too much of your head and way too much of your thinking and way too much of your mind. What you really want to do is stay within your body. stay with the feeling and allow yourself to cry when you want to cry to yell when you want to yell and nobody has to be around to see that or hear that or experience that other than you
1: Mm. yeah and with with anger itself anger is usually wanting some action to take place, either relatively quickly or after but when you have that time on your own to express the anger that you can consciously work out what is it you're angry about. For example, you might be angry at the state of your own government in your country or the way that women are treated in a specific part of the world or whatever it is to go and work out that anger or even if it's anger with your partner to like actually consciously work out what the next right action is because too many actions in this world are... Coming out of, you know, just fiery anger with no contemplation of, of the consequences or how it might affect others, how it might affect yourself in the long term. So, yeah, the, my, my two cents on that. I don't know if you've got anything to add.
2: I understand your perspective on being angry at the government and being angry at how women are being treated and being angry about a lot of things that are happening all around us. And Trust me, I have definitely been known to get angry about injustice. And the more that I am here looking around and understanding what life is about, the more that I realize that that's not the way. It's actually a trick. It's tricking you into having a frequency that is destructive in itself, You being angry at something, even being angry at injustice, is you bringing in and in that moment, embodying and radiating a destructive frequency, which is a reflection of what you are angry about. So the only real solution, the only real way to protect yourself, to be here and to really, truly embody love is doing exactly that embodying love and love never hates there's the different types of loves of course there's love which is the opposite of hate but then there's love in its truest form in its purity and that love is unconditional and that love is full full acceptance and i know it's i know it sounds crazy to accept a lot of the madness and a lot of the craziness that's happening on the planet but The real, real, real solution to anything that is of a lower frequency is to bring a higher frequency to it. It's never to actually vibrate in the same lower frequency. Mm -hmm. Do you follow what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, for sure.
2: For everybody listening, you know, and, and I know... I know that people won't understand the message because I didn't understand the message and I'm actually still learning the message. I'm not a full embodiment of what I'm communicating to now. It's a process for me. But I can see clearly, even if I get off balance at times and can get angry about certain things that I see on the media and such and such. I know that the only way to be of a real change and to be a real revolutionary spirit on this plane is to fully accept all of the pain, fully accept all of the violence, be in full acceptance of everything. And it's through that you're loving it. And through your loving it, you transform it.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. And it, it might be the, the scenario that I mentioned a, a minute ago where I'm angry at some state of the world that I would spend time on my own and I would come to the realization that you just came to. And one of my teachers, in fact, one of the truest statements she she said to me was that the only truth is that is love and everything else is just story. So like any anything that you're angry, upset about in the world, generally speaking, is a story and when you kind of just strip away the story all you'll find that remains is love and therefore you you have to embody that to move forward it's like which wolf do you feed do you feel feed the love wolf or the angry wolf or the fear wolf or whatever one your emotions are telling you to embody at that time you don't have to take that route Um, Mm -hmm. So I wanted to ask them more, it may be a quite some of the advanced listeners in terms of um, maybe they've, they've been in Tantra a while or they've been playing with their energy system and their full body orgasm capabilities and they can do a lot. For people who are able to do these things, uh, how can they use orgasm to their fullest potential?
2: It's not about you trying to do something. If you are truly in a place of allowing life to do what it wants with you on so many different levels, be it whether you're in the flow of life that is a reflection for you externally, or whether you're allowing for the flow of life to move through your body, which really the two are very much one and the same, that's going to keep you growing. That's going to keep you expanding. That is the nature of it. So instead of attempting to decide of how do I use orgasm to keep growing, it's more of how do I continue to generate more and more energy and refrain from leaking energy and be wasting the least amount of energy that I possibly can. Because it's through your accumulation of energy that you're able to continue to expand on so many different levels, as far as your refinement and your sensitivity goes, in your physical senses, spiritual senses, emotional senses, whatever it may be. So it's about that. It's about your ability to continuously be generating energy. And orgasmicness and orgasms, even if we're speaking about not just orgasmicness in the way that we had shared it, but in understanding how to make love energetically, where you're accumulating, generating and accumulating more and more energy in the sexual interaction, be it intercourse, be it anything that is generating energy in you. All of that are gifts for your expansion. Now, as you're receiving these gifts, it's also very important to see how we leak energy. And leaking energy is... Allowing ourselves to wallow in unnecessarily in low frequency states such as anger, sadness, shame, guilt and all of those things. If that is the state that one is living in, it's very important for them to do whatever is necessary to clear those things out. And there are tools and systems for that, including things that I'm sharing, like with the energy work workshops that they can attend that I'm sharing as well. So it's very important for them to refrain from being in high peak, low vibratory <laughs> emotional states. And a lot of thinking getting out of the head, it's a huge waste of energy. Unnecessary communication when it's not needed. And what I mean by that is a lot of the small talk that people have is a waste of energy. Also, unnecessarily listening to small talk. It takes a lot, of, even if you're not the one talking, it takes a lot of energy to listen. To someone's craziness coming out of their mouth and all of their head stuff. And another one that is not as focused on in the spiritual community is a focus on what it is that you are doing with your body on a physical level. How are you eating? You know, a lot of these spiritual masters, they are very much enlightened and amazing and all of that, which I honor and revere that intensely. However, wouldn't it be amazing if people took a more holistic approach to everything and actually cared about what they eat? We really failed to realize how what we put in our bodies and the amount of stress that we put on our digestive system, how that affects us. On so many different levels in our emotional states our clarity states and overall it takes an enormous amount of energy for our bodies to process food and an overabundance of food an unnecessary amount of food and especially if it's food that is toxic to the body or what is really fake food so mm. if, if you're somebody that's very much committed to your growth and expansion you need to look at your whole life as a whole in all the different genres, all the different categories. You know, how do I relate to sex? How do I relate to intimate relationships? Do I get very emotional? Do I spend a lot of time beating myself up emotionally? Do I spend a lot of time allowing somebody else to beat me up emotionally? Where am I exhausting myself emotionally? And where am I exhausting myself? Because I spend a lot of time in my head and I drive myself crazy with my thoughts. And where am I exhausting myself with the relationships that I have with my social circle? What kind of conversations do I have? Whether I'm the one speaking or whether I'm the one listening. And what am I feeding myself, not just with food wise, but overall, you know, with the media, with everything that is being programmed to us to shut us down, to create a separation between us and spirit? And pretty much anything that you look at mainstream is going to be intentionally created to do just that. So you've got to look at your life and decide okay, how am I going to live from here? Because if you can just alleviate and remove those things, all the places where you're leaking energy, you will already feel a surge of energy and a completely different experience inside yourself just from all that energy that you don't waste on those trivial things. And then, if you pair that with understanding how to utilize sex as a tool for spiritual development, as a tool for generating energy, for really building up this internal muscle of consistently being in connection with oneself, having that connection with spirit be the one guiding you, and that's solid. If we can focus on that, you will have a completely different life.
1: hmm. Yeah, I think in my life, I certainly try and use my sexuality and love as an alchemical tool to kind of burn away everything that is not me, the higher or bigger version of myself. And final question relates to that conscious lifestyle and energy release and um, holding on to your energy and building it up. Uh, what are your views? Because I'm still actually trying to make up my own views on ejaculation for men. Uh, I know for the beginner, I certainly recommend someone who's not able to do, uh, like have ejaculation control that they refrain for at least two months or three months to get um hold on what it feels like to hold on to their seed and their energy and their life force in that way and use their breath use their body go to a session with someone like yourself or go to a workshop like the ones you run which we'll talk about in a moment um to really feel what it's like to have these other experiences without the need to ejaculate but then uh, once they've mastered that, it's, I, I'm saying it's really their their own choice because, you know, some tantric masters say oh, I only ejaculated once last year, yet you see on the on a scientific level, scientific proof around uh, or research around prostate cancer and them recommending uh, there was an article recently around recommending 21 days a month you should be ejaculating, which seems too much for me, but I think it's like you should ask your own body. This is my policy, of like, if I'm if I'm telling someone my views on it is like, okay, ask your body what it wants to do. Um, does it want to ejaculate? And if it does, then maybe make some intention before it. Um, but because you are literally putting your seed out in the world, and if you have some intention behind that act, rather than it just being like. A nothing thing um, you can um, use that in a powerful way when you do choose to do it Uh, do you have any specific viewpoints on it I'd be interested to know
2: sure I mean first I will say that although there's some very interesting medical research that scientists and medical professionals do there are also many medical professionals and scientists that are too much head and not enough holistic understanding of life. And a lot of information that has been fed to us in, for, for generations has been unhealthy, um, counterintuitive, and in most cases is revealed to be something completely in contrast to what they once said was the best thing for us. So, I wouldn't necessarily follow that. And I would follow exactly what you had mentioned, which is listening to one's own body. Now, the difficulty in listening to one's own body is that if we are addicted to something, then your addiction will speak louder than what your body's healthy state would want to communicate to you. So, in this case, it's interesting to try certain things, to experiment with certain things, and then from there, make your own decisions. So when it comes to ejaculation for men, what I always ask a man whenever this question arises is I tell him, What do you how do you feel when you ejaculate? What happens to you after you ejaculate? Do you feel energized? Do you feel powerful? You feel confident, you feel great? And the answer is always no. Meaning the answer is always that they feel tired, they feel depleted, they sometimes fall into a depression, you know, and I say fall into depression, even if it's for an hour or whether it's for a week, it really doesn't matter. But the the effects that they experience after ejaculation is a loss of something that something is now less than the state that they were in before. So there's really no right or wrong. The first thing I will say is that you definitely in no way want to create a psychosis in you around ejaculation, and I say that because there's many men that I have come across that have tried. You know, twenty-one days of not ejaculating, and then they put so much pressure on themselves, and so much. I want to be a tantric guru, and I can't come. That should it ever happen, they feel so much guilt and shame around it that they will create trauma in themselves just out of the fact that they feel so bad for you know breaking their ejaculation fast.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and I've done that.
2: Yeah. And that's, that's crazy. So with everything, you want to do things in moderation, setting an intention and always being loving with yourself and easy with yourself in your process. You know, it's, it's just like when you're training a child to do something, you know, potty training, for example, you're setting an intention, but if your child has, You know quote an accident and they they pee in their pants do you get angry no you just go okay it happened it's not a problem and you keep moving towards whatever it is that you wanted to accomplish so as many men know by their own experience without any scientific research they lose energy from ejaculating there's nothing wrong with them ejaculating But if they want to keep accumulating energy and using this creative energy towards something else, then they probably will want to have the decision of not leaking energy from that aspect of their life, not wasting that energy. If there is a time that comes and they want to ejaculate, please enjoy it. Please do it fully. Please go into it 100% so that you at least enjoy your life should it ever happen and then come back to making the decision you want for your life whatever that may be and if that's accumulating energy from from your sexual interaction then refrain from ejaculating but I definitely don't think it needs to happen from a place of craziness as a lot of men will create when they get fixated on this. And the other part is that a lot of the communication about how to control ejaculation, I find it to be very unnatural to the flow of the body. So a lot of it will, a lot of men have been taught to contract their genital area. And all that really does is create a lot of um, stress in the body and internal conflict in the body. Control, controlling your ejaculation should happen through relaxation, not through yeah. tension.
1: Yeah, I agree. I've never, I've never understood why people say clench the PC muscle or anything like that. I've never done that. So, with me, it's all been about the breath.
2: Yeah, and, and fully relaxing the body. So a lot of men will also feel that they have failed in being able to control their ejaculation because they may be having sex and then the ejaculation is right there at the door knocking and they will squeeze their muscles and then they'll still ejaculate or nothing will come out they will be in pain they will have blue balls it's not something that feels like an effortless natural easy process for them
1: yeah i, I know just to know that i if people are trying to practice not ejaculating don't do too much standing positions if you're in a highly aroused state because your muscles in your butt and your legs or anything that's like needing muscular strength that that's that's it will cause you to tip over the edge much easier from my experience
2: and and the other thing that's very confusing for a lot of men and why they feel that they fail at attempting to control their ejaculation is that most of them still think that sex is what they have seen in pornography so if you are inside of a woman or whether you are getting oral sex or a hand job whatever it is and it's done with friction and it's done with this fast in and out motion which first of all i don't even really understand the the pleasure that people find in that because it's so superficial it never really fully integrates the intensity into the whole body. But because most people, all they have seen is Hollywood movies, and all they have seen is porn, and sex is not really shown anywhere else, and most people are just copying what porn is anyway, that's what they know. And if you go into sex like that, it's very difficult to imagine controlling your ejaculation while running a sprint instead of a woman with your penis. Yeah, so, yeah. the concept for men to understand that sex should be slow, 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 slow. If you think you're already having sex slow, in most cases, you should be going even slower. And that's the truth of it. You need to move slow, not because slow is the way, slow is the way that you can feel more. Slow is the way that you actually will have a more intense connection. And the slower that you will move, you will actually feel more intensity. Than if you were to move fast, which I know sounds backwards for many people, but it's because they haven't tried the other. So for those of you that are listening to this, slow down and bring all of your awareness into your penis. For women, bring all of your awareness into your vagina. You should never, your movement in sex should never be faster than what your awareness can follow 100%. It's your awareness that creates the connection. It's your awareness that brings the energy to wherever you bring your awareness to. So when you're having sex in that way, you're so aware of where you are. You're so aware of how heightened the feeling is and how close you are to ejaculating that instead of sprinting off that cliff, you're walking up to it. And if you're walking up to it, you can just pause and stop on the edge at the edge of the cliff and just hang there for a minute and because you're so close to that edge you will feel so much pleasure and so much intensity you won't need to go over but you also won't need to miss out on all the intense pleasure that once that one feels in experiencing these high intensity states that ejaculation brings up
1: yeah you can hang out on the edge of that cliff for sure
2: and and another part is that a man can actually separate his ejaculation from orgasm altogether. Mm-hmm. And there's not a whole lot of communication about this in the tantric communities. There's a lot of communication about men not ejaculating and experiencing what people have called the valley orgasm. So a man basically, you know, comes to this understanding of okay, I'll enjoy the woman for the pleasure of feeling, the pleasure of having sex, the pleasure of bringing her to these ecstatic states, and I just will miss out on people orgasms. And that's really false. It is very, very possible for a man to experience the same sensation that he experiences when he ejaculates. He can experience that without anything coming out of his penis, without ejaculation. But it's a process, and it's a, a very in-depth process of getting to know your body and getting to know how close you can get to that edge without falling over and without totally losing the intensity of that.
1: Yeah, for sure. And that that's the full body orgasm experience, because it's not being in a male body. It's not that those orgasms happen in my genital or groin area i mentioned about the brain hap- like it's the same sensation in my brain or
2: no what i'm saying is that you will have that exact sensation in your genitals as if you were ejaculating but nothing will come out of your penis
1: mm, yeah i think i've experienced that as well um but I'm, I'm saying you, you can move this to anywhere else in your body from my experience like it's the same intense orgasm in my heart or brain or pushing energy up my spine. If, if someone would tap on the base of my spine or, or something like that, it's this, that same energy uh, that I experience.
2: I, I understand what you're saying in regards to this orgasmic full body orgasm state. But I really want to emphasize this because for whoever's listening, again, I want to emphasize this part. Mm-hmm. It would be the same experience as if you thought that you came you totally thought that you ejaculated and I'm sharing this with you because again this happened to me in an experience with a man where I was giving him oral sex, and in his mind he came he -hmm. totally and then he comes out of you know this orgasm experience and is really really confused and i tell him there's nothing that came out of your penis he didn't believe me he's looking around all over the place trying to find the cum and i told him there's nothing that came out of your penis and he said no but i came and i said i know that but it's possible for a man to come without ejaculate coming out
1: Mm -hmm. so
2: it's not just um
1: yeah so i'm thinking back to i actually last week i did experience the same thing um yeah. so yeah i i totally agree it's possible yeah um, for sure it's 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 not it's not exactly something you can aim for doing it just can happen right from yeah um but yeah this the the whole um ejaculation thing is is simply um uh, it's, it's separate from orgasm and needs to be separated in the logical mind of a man he really needs to start saying no you can't have these two things separately whereas he's been kind of ingrained to think that they are one thing um,
2: yeah and i'm also saying that it's something that you can practice and do consciously it's not just something that happens mm-hmm. it doesn't happen by accident it happens as a practice of you getting to know your body so that you understand at what point you need to relax so that the energy that's being built up goes over the edge internally but not physically and it's a practice like everything else
1: Mm -hmm. for sure some good points so lastly yeah if you want to tell uh the listeners more about your workshops what do you do in them and um where they can find out more information about them that would be really great
2: sure um so there's a tour I offer a variety of different workshops, but the tour that's happening this year is called, it's a workshop called Seed of Transformation, where there's energy work involved on both days of the workshop. So it's very much created to serve as an alternative for private sessions and a very transformative experience so you you can find more information about the workshops the dates and all the locations which the tour that's scheduled now is a European tour and the website is sashacobra.com so all the information will be found there
1: great yeah I'm gonna see if I can get to one of those myself and I would highly recommend anyone listening to go to Sasha's website, sashacobra.com and, and really think about going, especially even in Europe. I know you go to other places around the world um, all the time. You're in LA, even Mexico. I've seen you in Bali at the yeah. moment. So there's plenty yeah. of opportunity over the course of 12 months, depending on when you're listening to this, to to see Sasha in person and, and uh, experience what she does. I so highly, highly recommend it. So thank you so much, Sasha, for your time. It's been an honor and a pleasure to have you on.
2: You are most welcome, Stephen. Thank you for having me again. Thank you and for your for your patience and in, in getting me on the show.
0: Did you know you can get all of our podcasts on our free podcast app? Head over to rawattractionpodcast.com to download the app now. For the world's most ecstatic love and sex podcasts, bonus videos, and exclusive articles, head to rawattractionpodcast.com to get the free app now.